Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the Big Ten Football Preview and Projection Show. I'm Luke Yardy, joined by Anthony Broom for Mason Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network, where we're getting you ready for the Big Ten football season. Taking a look at all 14 Big Ten football teams individually. If you missed our first two episodes, we talked Illinois football. We talked Rutgers football. You can find those where you get your podcasts and on the Mason Brew YouTube page today. We are talking Nebraska Cornhuskers coming in on our listeners' number 12 power ranking spot in the Big Ten. Anthony, what's happening, my man? Uh, um, I Spoiler alert, I think this team's going to suck. <laughs> um, and, and I don't feel bad about it at all. Um, especially considering like we just talked ourselves into the last episode that Rutgers is going to win more than four games. So I'm already like in the fever We're dream. Going, baby, let's go. <laughs> I'm already in like the fever dream portion of, of this run of podcasts. But I, I think that this is a program and we'll talk about what they've done under Scott Frost. We'll, we'll talk about all of it. I see the recipe here for nuclear levels of waste and disaster. Let's let's go ahead and get into this right now. So last year, three and five in the COVID season in their past five years, they are 25 and 28. But I want to talk about Scott Frost and what they have done under him because he is 12 and 20 at Nebraska. And I saw an absolute nuclear take on the TL the other day talking about Jim Harbaugh. And they, they were comparing it to someone, and I can't remember exactly who it was, but being one of the biggest uh, bus for a home run hire or something like that. If you go look at what, because make no uh, mistake about it, Nebraska football thought they made a home run hire with Scott Frost. Okay. Nebraska fans definitely thought the exact same thing Michigan fans did. Uh, when they hired Jim Harbaugh. And if you go look at the resumes at their alma maters as head coaches, Jim Harbaugh blows Scott Frost so far out of the water, they're not even in the same league. So for someone to say Jim Harbaugh, and he hasn't lived up to expectations, but he is no way, shape, or form been a bigger bust than Scott Frost has at Nebraska. Hell no. Um, Scott Frost, and Scott Frost doesn't, well, we laugh at Scott Frost, but like I think people tip, typically just like hate Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. And I don't want to mm-hmm. make this a Frost versus Harbaugh thing, but it's kind of the elephant in the room. He did that in 97. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of the elephant in the room, especially after, you know, the 
the famous in 2016. Oh, Michigan beat him, what, 41-0, 48-0? And, and Scott they out-hit him, Anthony. Jibber John about how uh, they out-hit the Wolverines that day. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's everything. The Nebraska people I know are very nice people um, and very loyal people, and, and they want this to work so badly. Yeah. But Scott Frost is – what's his record here? Um 12 and 20 at Nebraska. He's 12 and 20 in Nebraska. He went six and 27 overall six and seven his first year at UCF then went 13 and zero, And that's, that was the year they won the national title. Right. Um, <laughs> outside of that one year, he's been a bad to average head coach at best. Mm-hmm. And I get that, you know, UCF, like things are different there, but like UCF has continued to be good. And Scott Frost is not. So it's one of those things where um, this is, it seems like he's been there so much longer, but year four, like this has to, like this has to be the year that they, I mean, at this point, they're just ask they just want him to make a bowl game this year. Right. I mean, it, it that, yes, that shouldn't be the case it. for a school like Nebraska is not quite like, I would put Michigan in the category of like blue bloods, but like right on the edge, you know, compared mm-hmm. to what those other elite kind of programs are. Um, Nebraska is not in that grouping, but they're a program that should be, you know, a seven to eight win team every year. Like, and then a couple times here and there make a run at a conference or at a, at a conference title. But, you know, year four, you're looking at four and eight, five and seven, three and five. And, and really, I mean, they just, they don't do themselves any favors, especially the way they complain about football being taken away. And then they get football back and, and they complain. They have to open up against Ohio state. It's just like, there's no pleasing them. And they kind of, I don't know, Scott Frost is just kind of an ass. So yeah, I, I don't want to like say anyone deserves this, but it seems like uh, these two sides are perfect for each other. Like you mentioned when we talked about Illinois, Juice Williams ain't walking through that door. Like Tommy Frazier is not walking through the door at Nebraska. And Dominican Sue is not walking through that door. Right. So, and Scott Frost, quite honestly, hasn't really been able to, to, to bring anyone in. You know, of those caliber of players, they haven't done that well in recruiting and it's really shown on the field. He needs to get it going here uh, sooner rather than later, because it's it's been tough for him. He's got he's got starters returning. He's got seven offensive starters, 10 defensive starters. Um, Adrian Martinez uh, is returning. I don't know what it is about getting Martinez's to play quarterback at Nebraska, but (laughs) I feel I feel like it just it'll never end. Um, and they're there for so long. It seems like Adrian Martinez is somehow a junior and it it felt like he's been there for about six years now. But I mean, what are you returning at the quarterback position? Really? You know, I mean, he struggled tremendously last year. I think he was banged up a little bit, but I think even at times they just put Luke McCaffrey in because Adrian Martinez was playing just bad football. Now you have no Luke McCaffrey. It's going to be all Adrian Martinez. Uh, he was your he was your rushing leader and your passing leader on the team. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, you know. He's I mean, not exactly Denard Robinson, but no, he's he's like the Dollar Tree version of Denard Robinson. Like, and that's right. probably even giving him more credit than you know he's more credit than he probably deserves. But like, that's the guy who like Denard Robinson carried Michigan to you know an eleven win season, won the Sugar Bowl, and then like I know he was injured that next year, but 
um, you know, eight wins the next season. Like I just, Adrian Martinez isn't that guy. Um, you know, you no. look at offensively uh, last year, they were 101st in scoring 28th in rushing. So like they can run the ball and, and they've mm. got, they're going to have to, to take some pressure off of Martinez. Cause you can't just have that guy running around the field like crazy. Cause he's going to get, he's proven he's going to get hurt. So right. Um, 103rd in passing 66 in total offense. Uh, defensively, 64th in scoring, 69th in rushing, 45th in passing, 50th in uh, in total defense. And this is probably where the biggest thing that worked against them is that they were minus 11 in turnover margin in eight games, which was 100 good for 123rd in the country. So, you know, it's, and, and you can expect that to probably take an, a bit of an uptick, especially with a more. I mean especially when you lose fumbles, you know, Luke McCaffrey, he made up, he had six interceptions uh, on the year, but uh, interceptions are one thing that'll carry on year to year fumbles, not necessarily, especially fumbles lost. It's such a, it's such a random stat. So you can expect them to be a little better in that category, but how many wins is that really going to amount to, you know, when we eventually take a look at this schedule, probably not that many. Yeah. I, I, I think, I'm just kind of looking big picture with them. I don't know if Scott Frost is, is like on the hot seat because I just, they, they don't bring and, and here's an interesting, um, here's an interesting little wrinkle as every episode has kind of had a tie to Michigan so far. Um, Oliver Martin. Martin, the wide receiver yeah. transferred to Nebraska <laughs> this year, which I His believe third big 10 team, baby. Is it third, three or four? Is I it? Forget. I remember he went to Iowa. Did, did he go somewhere after he went Michigan, Iowa? Did he go somewhere? Honestly, I don't remember. I mean, short of Chris Clark, I, I have never seen someone transfer. And like, honestly, find find the place that's right for you. But um, yeah, yeah, that's Oliver Martin. He's in Nebraska. That's awesome. <laughs> um, that's, he actually, he actually, yeah, he play, actually uh, played last year. He had five uh, five receptions for sixty three yards a year ooh. ago. Yeah, Athlon has him in the penciled into the starting lineup. Uh, only, I don't know what I don't have Phil Steele's on me right now. I know that's what you've been going from, he's, but he's also yeah, Oliver Martin's in there. Three starters back on offense from a group that honestly wasn't that good? Question mark. Anyways, I mean, well, this is me, what this is what's interesting to me is that statistically speaking, they weren't a good offense. But um, when you look at the five factors and the advanced stats, like they were 22nd in efficiency. So like that just means what they did, they did well, but I just don't, to me, I look at the schedule. You got blasted by Ohio state, which I mean, that's not the worst thing in the world, but 17 points there, 13 points the next week, you score 30 against Penn state, but 23, 20, um, 37, that was a big game for them. Then 17 and 20, like they didn't, it's not like this is an offense that was lighting people up. I think uh, not what you'd expect from Scott Frost in year three. No, it's, it's been a really weird three years for him. Like I, I don't, I think when you, uh, cause the through line and the comparison to Jim Harbaugh is just kind of always going to be there because of X, Y, Z, what, what all of those, the, what those mm-hmm. hirings were. But I think Jim Harbaugh jumped into a much better situation with better resources and quite frankly, the bones of a much better roster than Scott Frost did. And um, I know it's going to take, it was going to take time and in the, the schedule and the COVID year probably didn't do that many. And like that, this is the one team where probably the COVID year really didn't do them any favors in that. Yeah. You went three and five, but you know, if you had played your, 
um, your three non-conference games, you know, maybe you're looking at five or six wins, which I know Nebraska fans wouldn't be crazy about, but it's a little more than looking at the schedule and seeing, Oh God, we were three and five and, and got blasted by Ohio State and, and all those types of things. So, um, well, I'll tell you where, where something is very concerning, taking a look at the projected starting lineup, uh, according to Phil Steele here uh, at center, Cameron Jurgens, a sophomore at right guard, uh, Matt Schletterman, who is a junior, but at left guard, Ethan Piper, redshirt freshman, right tackle, Bryce Benhart, a redshirt freshman at left tackle, Turner Corcoran, a true freshman. Yeah. That spells disaster to me. That, and let me check. We're doing, I'm kind of doing this live here. That's gotta be offensive line. Huh? Uh, Athlon actually has that as the eighth ranked offensive line in the big 10. I thought they'd be much lo- lower than that, but they have, they have some like high recruits there. Yeah. Well, and that's fine too. Like oh, I think Michigan is Phil Steele had him at seven, but it's still the Enix that worries me. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's where like, if you have like, yeah. they're, they're a program that's in the type of spot where if you have those guys, you play them because that's the mm-hmm. bones of your roster for the next three or four years. So yeah, the inexperience is, you know, to me, and this is, again, weird offseason, weird year. This is probably where this works in their favor. Maybe I'm kind of coming around on this team a little bit as we talk through it live. But um, full offseason, full spring football to figure out who your best five are, start them, get them reps together. Um, people don't realize this, and I am not don't want to go off too much of a tangent here, but like for a program like Michigan has had pretty good offensive lines the last couple of years. But last yeah. year, no spring football. And then throughout the year, the starting lineups weren't even practicing together for fear that if someone got COVID, you'd wipe out all five of them. So like right. a lot of times, those five guys that were playing on game day, that was the first time they've repped together all week. So, um, you know, if that's the case with Nebraska, where you've got a group of highly recruited guys that, um, you know, you, they've gotten reps together through the spring, like that could, that's where, that's where they might have something there, especially when it comes to running the football. And I, I think it's pretty well documented at this point, like with Adrian Martinez, they're not going to be running the air rate or throwing the ball over the field. So um, they kind of have to have a good running game to give, give them, sh- give themselves a shot to do anything. Um, so we'll see. It seemed like the numbers were kind of more middle of the pack in the big 10 for defense, but if you're able to run the football, you can take some pressure off those guys and uh, and see what happens from there. Yeah, and for defense, another one of their key returning players is JoJo Dahman, who led the team last year in tackles and tackles for loss. He had 58 tackles, six and a half tackles for loss at the outside linebacker position. They got a pretty decent linebacking core. It's the rest of that defense uh, that you're uh, a little bit concerned about because you mentioned it you know you, you take a look at some of the points they gave up they gave up 52 to Ohio State I mean that doesn't say much because it's Ohio State but 21 Northwestern 23 to Penn State uh, 41 to Illinois uh, 26 to Iowa 27 to Purdue 24 to Minnesota and 21 to Rutgers and it doesn't jump off the face like it, it's that crazy but there's not a lot of good offensive teams in, in that schedule last year and they still couldn't contain I mean the one that jumps out at me is Illinois scoring 41 on them you know yeah this is an interesting quote um you know the Athlon preview magazine has um you know these anonymous quotes from opposing coaches and he, one of them says something along the lines of, uh, I wouldn't describe, I describe their defensive personnel as world, as world beaters on the hoof. They look the part before the game. They're not elite yet, 
but they had their best year last season for sure. And they played the run really well. And he was talking about how before um, they had guys, they were sending guys to the NFL, but they haven't been, but this is, this is the biggest thing to me. And this is like people inside of Michigan, the Michigan community say this, but like, this is the first time I've seen this about someone else's program where um, the coach says something isn't matching up inside this program. They don't have a a cohesive identity. There are issues Mm -hmm. related to talent, but the questions they have all lead straight to the head coach. So I am, I wonder because hasn't, hasn't Frost had a couple tirades where he's been one of those after a loss. Oh, we got to figure out the guys who want to be here are like those type of rah, rah type of speeches. I could be wrong, but it seems like they've dealt with some of that. And obviously when you turn over a program, that's, that's a, that's always going to be a question mark, but with a team that has so many questions, and a lot of pressure on them this year. This is where maybe we get into the schedule part. Like they kind of have to win well, early or else this could it, spiral out of control. It, the, the schedule is not favorable, at least in six games. I mean, you look at it, they're at Oklahoma, they're at Wisconsin, they're at Minnesota, they're home to Michigan, home to Ohio state and home to Iowa. So you, I mean, you get screwed on the crossover games with Michigan and Ohio state you're on the road to Wisconsin and Minnesota. You get somewhat favorable with Iowa at home, but I don't think that's going to matter. And then you're on the road in the non-conference to Oklahoma, man, this is it. And you're on the road to Michigan state. I mean, that's another crossover game. You don't even get that at home. This is a brutal schedule for Nebraska. Yeah. I mean, you come out, I mean, I'll go through it in order here. I mean, at Illinois, Buffalo, at at Oklahoma, at Michigan state. I mean, that could be, if things go really bad, because Buffalo, people are going to look at that and go, oh, well, there's a win for Nebraska. Buffalo is going to win the, probably going to win the MAC East, right? They're in the East. Um, and and might be, you know, Nebraska could be right for that. We already talked about, you know, how the Illinois game could be a tone setter for really either of those teams. And we did the Illinois preview, but you're not, they tried to back out of the Oklahoma game, which is pretty funny. There were re- reports yeah. of that earlier in the winter. That's not happening. They're going to have to take their medicine there at Michigan state. I have no idea what that team's going to be, but like I said, um, from there, I mean, they have a lot of home games in the back half of their schedule and they're going to have to win those games. But um, you know, I, the Athlon preview I'm reading has them at six and six. I mean, for in order for them to do that, they're going to have to win games like Northwestern at home, Michigan at home, Purdue at home, um, you know, steal one somewhere on the road from somewhere, someone. Maybe. I mean, I, I see a quick six losses with, with the teams I mentioned, Oklahoma, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, and Ohio State, and Iowa. That's that's six losses there to me. Where do you find six wins? You, you know, elsewhere? you have to be good against everyone else. And I just don't know if this team has the talent to do that. I don't know if they have the talent or if they have the temperament, because I feel like if they lose some games early, like this might mm-hmm. be – a team that could challenge Illinois for being the worst team in the big 10 West. Like that's, and then if Adrian Martin, like let's say Adrian Martinez gets knocked out of the game at Oklahoma, like what does they do the rest of the year? Like, I think right. they have a freshman behind them or a redshirt freshman, whatever it is. But I mean, honestly, I think like, like we said in the Illinois preview, I think they are the, the worst team in the big 10 Illinois, yeah. but also you're on the road to them in that very first game, you are starting a lot of young players up front 
you have some young players you're going to be starting on the defensive side of the football and going up against a pretty good offensive line and a decent running back in a, a senior quarterback in Brandon Peters. Like it would not shock me at all for Illinois to win that first game against Nebraska. And then what, then you get Fordham and Buffalo, but then you have the, the huge stretch coming up that, like you said, that this team has not showed the temperament to really get through adversity that well under Scott Frost in years past. And I mean, if you lose that first game on the road to Illinois, what is that locker room going to be like? It will be toxic, and and that's where. I mean, I won't be I won't be upset about that because they could be ripe for some kind of you know blowout when Michigan comes to town. But, um, yeah, I I don't know. Um, make no bones about it. Like I do not like this Nebraska team. Uh, Vegas no. has the over under set at six wins. I mean, like I'm you going said, under. I'll tell you that right now. I'm like for as much as we smashed the over on Rutgers. I don't know if I'd use smash, but I I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking the under for Nebraska too. Um, I just don't, I, I do not see, see seven wins on this schedule. I can tell you that you like, you're hoping if you take the over your best case scenario feels like a push. Yeah. Best. Yeah. Best six case six is their ceiling. Best case. We're pushing here, but uh, for the drama of the segment, like we're only, we're only picking overs and unders. Like the Correct. safe bet and is I'm probably the under. push, but I'm going under. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was way under if we're looking at a four and eight team or something like that. Yep. I absolutely agree. Can we not talk about this team anymore? They disgust I'm, me. I'm, I'm down. I am definitely down for that. That's been our Nebraska uh, Big Ten football preview and projection for a Nebraska Cornhusker team that has uh, failed to meet any expectations under Scott Frost and we believe will continue to do so here this year. Don't forget, you can find all of our podcasts as we go through all of our uh, Big Ten previews. We're going to preview all 14 teams individually. This is our third one. We've already done Illinois and Rutgers, and we've got 11 more to go after Ooh. this. So make sure to subscribe to Maze and Brew Podcast anywhere you get your podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well, and Anthony, anywhere else uh, that they can find us. Uh, yeah, I'm, the further we get into these, the more I'm just going to be like, yeah, everything everything you need to know is in the description below. We're, we're on all social media podcasts are on apple google spotify and stitcher um you can follow me personally on twitter at anthony t broom so that's the spiel for there and then luke you can give them yours and we'll get out of here yeah you can find me on twitter at luke Gerdy, l-u-k-e-g-h-i-a-r-d-i this was our nebraska Cornhuskers preview if you missed our other two podcasts previewing illinois and rutgers check those out and make sure you stay tuned for our next Big 10 football preview and projection show where we're going to be taking a look at the Purdue Boilermakers. We'll see you then.